Chapter 6 The Most Important Question of the Day What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? Matthew chapter 27, verse 22. If I should ask an audience today the question, What is the most important question of the day? I presume I would get a great variety of answers. Some of you would say that the disarmament question or the four-power treaty question was the most important question of the day. Some would say that the labor question was the most important question of the day. And still others would say that the prohibition question was the most important question of the day, and so on. But all these answers would be wrong. There is another question of vastly more importance than any one of these, a question upon which immeasurably more depends than upon the decision of any of these questions. That question is this, What shall I do then with Jesus which is called Christ? Matthew chapter 27 verse 22. It is not a new question. Pontius Pilate asked it nearly 1900 years ago and answered it wrongly. His earthly life went out in darkness and his eternity was blasted. Thousands upon thousands have asked it since. Everything that is really worth having for time and for eternity depends upon a right decision of that question for each one of us. If you do the right thing with Jesus, the Christ of God, you will get everything that is worth having for time as well as for eternity. Whether a right decision is given on these various other questions or not, if you do the wrong thing with Jesus, the Christ of God, you will lose everything that is worth having for time as well as for eternity, even if all these other questions are decided as they should be. What we get if we do the right thing with Jesus Christ In the first place, if you do the right thing with Jesus, you will get the forgiveness of all your sins. The Apostle Peter says in Acts chapter 10, verse 43, to him give all the prophets witness, that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Now this statement is as plain as day, and in it God's inspired apostle declares that whosoever believes in Jesus Christ shall receive remission of his sins. If the vilest sinner on earth should come in here today and put his trust in Jesus Christ, the moment he did it, all his sins would be forgiven and blotted out. The forgiveness of our sins depends solely upon what we do with Jesus Christ. It does not depend upon our prayers, our penances, or our good works. If you do the right thing with Jesus Christ, you get forgiveness of all your sins no matter what else you may or may not do. If you do the wrong thing with Jesus Christ, you will not get forgiveness of sins no matter what else you may or may not do. The same truth is put in a different way in John chapter 3, verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What an unspeakable blessing the forgiveness of all your sins is! Wealth, honors, and pleasures are not so eagerly to be desired as the forgiveness of our sins. All of them together are not to be compared with the forgiveness of our sins. Forgiveness of sin brings joy anywhere it comes, whether it comes into the palace or into the prison cell. King David had wealth, honor, power, pleasures, and privileges without number, but he was not happy. Indeed, he was perfectly miserable. 
His own description of his condition is found in the 32nd Psalm. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Psalm 32, verses 3 through 4. Then he found forgiveness of sin, and in his joy he shouted, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. Psalm 32, verses 1 through 2. Down in a wretched cell in Sing Sing prison, there was a man under a fifteen-year sentence for manslaughter. He was, of course, a very unhappy man. But there in his cell he found a Bible and read it. And through the Bible, the Holy Spirit showed him the Lord Jesus as his Savior who died in his place, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. It was in the middle of the night when he finally found the Savior through meditating on what he had read in the Word of God. And though it was in the middle of the night and in a prison cell, such joy came into his soul that he began to shout. The guard came along, rapped on his door, and told him to keep still. I can't keep still, he shouted back. My sins are forgiven. Yes, there is a more wonderful joy in knowing that our sins are all forgiven than there is in anything that this world has to give. And we get this forgiveness of sins by simple believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. In the second place, you will get peace of conscience by doing the right thing with Jesus Christ. It is a blessed thing to have a conscience that does not accuse you, a conscience that has found perfect peace. It is an awful thing to have a conscience that does accuse. It is the greatest misery on earth. It drives many men and many women to suicide. Oh, in what agony of mind men and women have come to me from different ranks of society because of an accusing conscience. And there are many who never unburden their hearts to others, and are in misery from the same cause. There are men and women who spend days and nights of misery because of an accusing conscience. You might try to drown the voice of conscience in many ways, but you will fail utterly. You might try to drown the voice of conscience in pleasure and debauchery. You might try to drown the voice of conscience in business, or in drink and drugs, or in other ways. But you do not succeed. You never will succeed. One who perhaps knows as much about the life of the movie colony in Hollywood as anyone else told a friend of mine a few weeks ago of two of the leading stars in the movie world, two women whose names are constantly in the daily papers and who are admired and envied by thousands, but they were the hopeless slaves of drugs. All over this land, people are considered gifted, and others look on in envy, but they are trying to silence the voice of conscience with drugs. But no one ever yet found real peace in that way, and no one ever will. Jesus Christ alone can give the guilty conscience peace. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, through the Apostle Paul, God put it in this way, Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do the right thing with Jesus Christ, and you will get true peace of conscience, deep, abiding peace, perfect peace. As Isaiah said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. But do the wrong thing with Jesus Christ, and you cannot find peace of conscience in this world 
or in the next, no matter what else you may do to try to get peace. I was dealing once in my office with a woman who told me that she had been in a perfect hell from an accusing conscience for 14 years. I pointed her to Jesus Christ. I showed her from God's word how all her sins had been laid upon Jesus Christ. She believed it. She took God's word for it, and she put her trust in Him as her atoning Savior. After 14 years of agony, of hell on earth, she went out from my office that day with a radiant countenance, for she had found peace of conscience in the only way in which peace of conscience can ever be found by anybody, through her Lord Jesus Christ. And that joy continues until this day. In the third place, you will get deliverance from the power of sin by doing the right thing with Jesus Christ. It is a dreadful thing to be in the power of sin. There is no other slavery so binding, so degrading, and so crushing as the slavery of sin. We all know what a dreadful thing it is to be in the power of some sins. We all know, for example, what an awful thing it is to be in the power of strong drink. We all know what an awful thing it is to be in the power of morphine, cocaine, or some other kind of drug. Many of us know personally, or through stories of others, distressing and agonizing stories, what an awful thing it is to be in the power of lust. How many men have come to me in despair this past year and told the story of their dreadful slavery? It is an awful thing to be in the power of sin of any kind. There is, however, a way to get free. There is a way by which any man or woman who is the slave of any sin of any kind can get instantaneous and complete deliverance from the power of that sin. There is only one way. That way is by doing the right thing with Jesus Christ. You cannot get out of sin's power unless you do the right thing with Jesus Christ. You may get free from some bad habits. You may, for example, give up drinking without the help of Christ, though very few do. But whether you do or do not, you will not get out of sin's grip. You will simply turn from one sin to another. Christ alone can save you from sin's power. I could stand here by the hour and tell you of men and women I have personally known, men and women as completely enslaved by sin in one form or another as any man or woman who ever walked the earth, whom the Lord Jesus Christ has set free when they did the right thing with Him. In the fourth place, you will get great joy by doing the right thing with Jesus Christ. The Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 8, On whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice greatly with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can get joy unspeakable and full of glory by doing the right thing with Jesus Christ. You cannot get joy unspeakable and full of glory in any other way. You know happy people, of course, who are not Christians, but you do not know anyone who is not a Christian who has joy unspeakable and full of glory. You do not know anyone who is not a Christian who has the deep, constant, satisfying, and overflowing joy that those men and women have who are not merely nominal Christians, but real Christians. Those men and women have fully accepted Christ as their personal Savior and are really trusting God for the forgiveness of all their sins because they fully believe God's testimony concerning Jesus Christ, having borne every one of their sins when He died on the cross. Thus, 
they have fully settled their sins forever and have without reservation surrendered the entire control of their thoughts and lives to Jesus Christ. They have confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord before the world in every reasonable opportunity they get and have watched for every opportunity to lead others to Christ. They are serving Jesus Christ with all their strength every day. Do the right thing with Jesus Christ and you get this wonderful joy. Reject Jesus Christ and you lose it. How foolish men and women are. Many men today are rejecting Christ because they think they will lose joy if they take Christ. Are you blind, men? Do you not see that those who have taken Christ really are happier than you are? Do you not see that many Christians are happier in poverty than skeptics and worldly persons are in wealth? Are you deaf, women? Have you not heard many from all ranks of society whose word you must believe testify that they have found a joy since they took Christ that they never dreamed of in the world? I do not think many of you could tell me much that I do not know about this world's joys. I have tasted most of them, but I never knew joy unspeakable and full of glory until I took Jesus Christ. I do now. My every day is full of joy. I have perplexities. I have annoyances. I have experiences that could easily prove exasperating. I have burdens of many kinds. I have what may appear to be great losses. I have things said to me and written to me and said and printed about me that would cut to the quick if I did not know the Lord Jesus. But through it all, every day is unspeakably happy. Not so long ago I had more things come to me that might have caused grief and anxiety and worry and heartache and deep sorrow than in almost any other week of my life. But it was a radiantly happy week. Why? Simply because of what Jesus Christ is to me as my Lord and my Savior. In the fifth place, if you do the right thing with Jesus Christ, you will get eternal life. Eternal life. What a wonderful phrase that is, eternal life. Life that never ends. Life that knows no death. Life of unutterable beauty and dignity and honor and glory and rapture. Life that is endless in its duration and perfect in its quality. Life like the life of God Himself. Eternal life. What can the world offer in comparison with that? What is the wealth of a John D. Rockefeller or a Henry Ford compared with eternal life? I would rather be a penniless pauper all my days, living in destitution, hunger, rags and cold, and have eternal life, than to roll in wealth all my days, with all that wealth can buy, but not have eternal life. I have no envy for the rich. No, I know their lives and hearts too well. I have often a greater pity for them than for the poor, for they are often more to be pitied than the poor. The life of the average millionaire is a sad, sad life. What is the wisdom of an Edison or the world's greatest scientist or philosopher compared with eternal life? What are the honors of a great general or a mighty ruler of men compared with eternal life? What are the pleasures of the most successful enthusiast of pleasure compared with eternal life? Put all that the world has, absolutely everything the world can give, into one pan of the scales. Put eternal life into the other pan. See the world's side go up. 
it is lighter than the smallest dust on the balance in comparison with eternal life. Eternal life. Oh, who can fathom all the depth of meaning that there is in these two wondrous words? And you get it simply by doing the right thing with Jesus Christ. Do the right thing with Jesus Christ and you get eternal life. Do the wrong thing with Jesus Christ and you lose eternal life. Notice God's own word about that. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. John chapter 3 verse 36. Again God's word says, And the witness is this, that God gave unto us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath the life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not the life. 1 John chapter 5 verses 11 through 12. Are you going to do the right thing with Jesus Christ today and get eternal life? Or are you going to do the wrong thing with Jesus Christ and forever lose eternal life? But there is something even better than eternal life that you get by doing the right thing with Jesus Christ. By doing the right thing with Jesus Christ, you become a child of God, an heir of God, and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. We read in God's own word in John chapter 1 verse 12, As many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name. And in Romans chapter 8 verse 17 we read, If children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Just think of that for a moment. A child of God, an heir of God, and a joint heir or fellow heir with Jesus Christ. We have heard these words very often, but have we ever stopped to weigh their meaning and take in their wondrous importance? A child of God. Think of it. God the Infinite One, God the Creator of all things, God to whom the whole race of men and the whole company of angels are as nothing, and we are to become His children and His heirs. We are to be heirs of all that this infinite God is and all that this infinite God has. It almost staggers the mind to try to think of it. That is what is open to each one of us. That is what is open to you and open to me by just doing the right thing with Jesus Christ. One day years ago, I met the son and heir of one of the richest men in the whole world, and he invited me to dinner. As I sat and talked with him, it seemed to me as if it might be in some respects a fine thing to be the son and heir of the richest millionaire on earth. But that is nothing, just nothing at all compared to being a child of God, an heir of God and fellow heir with Jesus Christ. That is what is open to us, to each one of us, but it can be obtained in only one way, by doing the right thing with Jesus Christ. Do the right thing with Jesus Christ, and in a moment you become a child of God, an heir of God and fellow heir with Jesus Christ. Listen to God's own statement about it again. As many as received Him, to them gave He the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on His name. John chapter 1 verse 12. Do the wrong thing with Jesus Christ, and you lose forever your chance of becoming a child of God, an heir of God, and a fellow heir with Jesus Christ. Oh, what a loss that is! The loss of untold wealth, the loss of earth's greatest honors, 
and the loss of dearest friends is nothing in comparison with the loss of becoming a child of God, an heir of God, and a fellow heir with Jesus Christ. That is the awful cost of doing the wrong thing with Jesus Christ. We see then something of what we gain by doing the right thing with Jesus Christ, and something of what we lose by doing the wrong thing with Jesus Christ. By doing the right thing with Jesus Christ, we gain forgiveness of all our sins. By doing the right thing with Jesus Christ, we gain peace of conscience. By doing the right thing with Jesus Christ, we gain deliverance from sin's power. By doing the right thing with Jesus Christ, we gain joy unspeakable and full of glory. By doing the right thing with Jesus Christ, we gain eternal life. By doing the right thing with Jesus Christ, we become children of God, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Jesus Christ. Is it not evident, then, that the most important question of this day, and of all days, is what shall I do, then, with Jesus, which is called Christ? But what will you do with Him? Will you do the right thing with Him? Or will you do the wrong thing with Him? Will you do the right thing and gain all, or will you do the wrong thing and lose all? I put the question to each individual listener. What will you do with Jesus? It does not matter whether you are a church member or not. I put the question to you. What will you do with Jesus? I put the question to the most worldly man or woman as well as to the most religious. What will you do with Jesus who is called Christ? I put the question to the one who is most sunken in sin. For there is hope for you of getting all these things if you do the right thing with Jesus Christ, just as much as there is for the most moral, upright, and highly respected man or woman here. What then will you do with Jesus which is called Christ? Of each one of you I ask, will you do the right thing with Jesus Christ, or will you do the wrong thing with Jesus Christ? But there is something better than anything I have mentioned yet that depends entirely upon what you do with Jesus Christ. If you do the right thing with Jesus Christ, then someday you will become just like Him. Listen to what God says. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God, and such we are, beloved. Now are we children of God, and it is not yet made manifest what we shall be. We know that, if He shall be manifested, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him even as He is. 1 John 3, verses 1-2 through What, someone will say, can I become like Jesus Christ? Yes, even you can become just like Jesus Christ. Think of it. You and I, with all our present failings, shortcomings, meanness and pettiness that others see clearly, for they stick out all over us. They generally stick out most conspicuously upon those of us who have the best opinion of ourselves. But even we can become just like Him, like Him in every perfection and glory of His matchless, faultless, glorious, divine character. Yes, and we can be like Him in the glory of His outward appearance, too. It is written in the Word of God, For our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall fashion anew the body of our humiliation, that it may be conformed to the body of His glory, according to the working whereby He is able even to subject all things unto Himself.
Philippians chapter 3, verses 20-21. through 21. And how can we become just like Him? By doing the right thing with Jesus Christ. The right thing to do with Jesus Christ. But what is the right thing to do with Jesus Christ? First, the right thing to do with Jesus Christ is to receive Him as your Savior. This is evident from the verse that we have quoted already a number of times, John chapter 1, verse 12. As many as received Him, to them gave He the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on His name. He died for your sins. Scripture All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 Will you accept him as your sin-bearer? Will you say, O God, I believe what your word says about Jesus Christ. I believe he bore my sins in his own body on the cross. I believe every one of my sins was laid upon him and settled fully and forever when he died on the cross in my place. And I now take him as my sin-bearer. Forgive all my sins for Jesus Christ's sake. Take him not only as your Savior from the guilt of sin, but also take him as your Savior from the power of sin. He not only died to make atonement for your sins, he also rose again, and he lives today to set you free from the power of sin and to make intercession for you. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. Will you take him today as your deliverer from the power of sin? Will you come to this risen and mighty Lord Jesus with all your weakness and sins and trust him to set you free? That is the right thing to do with Jesus Christ. Just take him as your Savior, your crucified Savior from the guilt of sin and your risen Savior from the power of sin. The next right thing to do with Jesus is to let him into your heart. Scripture, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Jesus is standing at the door of every heart. He is knocking at the door of every heart. Will you open the door and let him in? Who will? Who will say, Lord Jesus, come in, come in and reign? The next right thing to do with Jesus is to enthrone him in your heart. He is the Christ, God's anointed King, because God has made Him so. As Peter said on the day of Pentecost, God hath made Him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom ye crucified, Acts chapter 2 verse 36. Will you enthrone Him as King in your heart? Will you say honestly to Him, Lord Jesus, take the throne of my heart and live and reign there supreme? Who will do it? Once more, the right thing to do with Jesus Christ is to confess Him before the world as your Lord and Master. He says in Matthew chapter 10, verses 32-33, through 33, Everyone therefore who shall confess Me before men, him will I also confess before My Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny Me before men, him will I also deny before My Father which is in heaven. And Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9-10, through 10, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth Jesus as Lord, and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Who will do it? 
there is one more right thing to do with Jesus. What is it? Go tell others about Him after you have taken Him as your Savior, after you have led Him into your heart, enthroned Him as King, and confessed Him before the world as your Lord. When Jesus was here on earth, He cast a legion of demons out of a wretched man who was under their control. The condition of that man before he met Jesus was awful beyond description. But the condition of that man after he met Jesus was glorious beyond description. And that man naturally wanted to go with Jesus wherever he went. But Jesus said, Return to thy house, and declare how great things God hath done for thee. And he went his way, publishing throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done for him. Luke chapter 8, verses 38-39 through 39. Oh, if you have taken Jesus, go tell everyone you can about Him, and bring everyone you can to Him. These are the right things to do with Jesus. Who will do them today and gain all that is worth having for time and for eternity? Who will take Him as their Savior? Who will listen to His voice and let Him into His heart? Who will enthrone Him in His heart as King? Who will begin the confession of Him? as his Lord.